Welcome to the Sweeney Connection with your host, Chad Henderson. All right. Hey, that's that's me indeed. And uh, he's Bob Cannon. And Bob, I feel like we're the news team today, like news team assembled. We've never, we've never been this close to each other before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's kind of a special arrangement today um, because we're joined by a very special guest uh, via a uh, remote uh, Bethany Harper, who's joining us uh, up in New York City right now. And uh, Bethany, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Oh, it's my pleasure and my honor. So thank you for having me. You bet. And uh, hello to the parents and uh, campers out yeah. there, too. Thanks for joining us on the Sweeney Connection. And yeah, they get to hear from a legendary camper, in my opinion, yes. a legendary camper, because she's uh I knew back then she was amazing. And when I heard her senior speech, I said, man, she's going to go somewhere. I didn't know she was going to go to New York City, but that's where she is, right? The trick in life is to keep someone like Bob around. I remember I really liked you because you always, you told me how to, um, basically, you encouraged me to get in front of the video, but if it was a really bad video, you would cut it. And little did I know that I would try to poach Bob later in the future to come work with Bob. <laughs> yeah. Um it's kind of cool to go down memory lane with you again. Yeah. And you're always lifting me up. So oh, That's cool. <laughs> and so you are joining us right now from, from sort of the Fox News headquarters. Is that right? Yes. So we have different locations, but the headquarters is based here. So Suzanne Scott, who's our CEO, is here. And then um, Rupert has a place here as well. And so it depends how high up and if you're talking about Fox Corporation or, you know, how which department you're thinking of. But gotcha. they're usually here in New York. Well, yeah. let's sort of back up just a little bit. Just sort of tell us about yourself a little bit and, and uh, you know, what was your last summer at, at camp and, and do you have any memories of that? And, and let's just kind of start there. Yeah, wow. Senior year. I don't think I've set, thought about senior year in high, of high school for a while now. I graduated in 2018 and I remember thinking, um, you know, there. I've been to a lot of camps growing up and there is nothing like Camp Sweeney, truly, from the detail of how everything's planned, the culture around it, um, even how you recruit the counselors and the staff and um, your approach and how high touch you guys are after camp. And I, I remember thinking senior year, I want to be able to create something meaningful like this. And so um, my I guess a little bit about myself is I went to camp, I guess, since I was or at least seven years, because I remember doing the seven-year hike, I think maybe eight or nine years total. Um, and I did second and third session, primarily third, but sometimes it doubled up on second, but never skipped third. So You're from Houston, um, right? I am. I am from greater Houston. Um, and then I went to college at UT afterwards. So. Well, talk just a little bit about your, your diabetic story. You know, what, what year were you diagnosed and, and what was it like, you know, that, that – uh, uh, just having type one and getting diagnosed and what was that like at the time? Yeah. So I was actually diagnosed during nine 11. Um, and so I remember I was in the, I was going through keto hypoketoacidosis. I'd gone in a coma and I'd woken up and I was in this Clifford room and I remember the TV was turned on and my parents kept turning the TV off. And I remember being like, mom, come on. I just got diagnosed with diabetes. Like the least you can do is let me watch TV. And I think from there, um, it, so I was age five when it happened. Um, I really feel like uh, I learned a lot, um, not just at camp, but, you know, camp, I think, gives you a lot of confidence. And I think a lot of the things that you probably already talk about um, with the campers directly. But 
later in life, uh, as I've connected with other type 1 diabetics, there's actually a, a person that is a host on the Fox Weather Channel that has type 1 diabetes. Um, you learn how little most people know in comparison. It makes you really grateful um, to have that foundation, not just that network. Um, and I think the most important thing uh, about getting diabetes is it's taught me to ask the right questions. I mean, a lot of information is constantly evolving. Um, and I think that I didn't feel like I was smart enough to ask good questions uh, before I went to Camp Sweeney. Um, and to see that change over time has been really great. So, yeah. So uh, after you get diagnosed, how did you learn about Camp Sweeney? How did you come to, to be at Camp Sweeney? So, yeah, that's a great question. I think that my mom just Googled camps in Texas diabetes and then this was before the website was like super stacked with all these amazing interactive tools that you guys have. Mm -hmm. um, and so my mom actually signed me up for like three camps every summer and they were different camps. And when I came to, came to Camp Sweeney, my A1C tanked so much to be around the right area. My mom was like, okay, this is the only one you're going to. But I liked that anyway, because um, it was uh, it, it was just a good experience. So. We, had, uh, we had Dr. Way here yesterday for a podcast. Dr. Wei oh. Lin Lo, and he, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what the question was, but he brought up a few. He goes, "Yeah, I remember a few campers, and he, he you were one of them, you know." And uh, oh, wow. he said that he was he your endocrinologist at one time, or and y'all went to the same high school, I believe he said. Okay, this is a crazy story. So I'm about to get and let me know if this is a little bit too off the rail. But basically, when I came to Camp Sweeney, by coincidence, way was MedSAP. So I, none of my endocrinologists were at Camp Sweeney. Um, and so, but way was one of the few other Asians at camp, just because I think culturally, there's not as many that come to camp in general. And that diabetic camp, I think the gene isn't as prevalent in Asian uh, communities. So I so way it said, Oh, you're the first Asian camper I knew. And then I found out he went to my, not only my same high school, but he'd gone to my same middle school. Hmm. And this is where it gets really insane. So then I found out that one of my friends in middle school, also who also had this last name, Lowe, um, was, was half-brothers with Wei, and he didn't know that Wei was his half-brother. Um, wow. So if you're talking about a small world, it's actually a very insane small world. It's kind of a cool story, but one that I think would take a lot of time to tell. Hmm. Long story short, so we joke that we're cousins. Um, which would actually sometimes if there was one time a person named Jasmine who's related to another council, counselor named Brandon and they were actually cousins and they would get really frustrated because when people found out we weren't cousins then they thought that everyone was lying. And so, um, no, he wasn't my endocrinologist. He's not related to me, but my mom always really loved him because um, he understood Clear Lake and was always a good friend. So you, you, you pick your med staff well. That's cool. Well, let's talk about, you know, about Camp Swinney and your time here just a little bit. What was it like for you? You know, what were you expecting when you came through the gates? And how did camp sort of shape and, and mold you as an adult today? That's a great question. So I think um, I'll answer it in order of my expectations and kind of my experiences and how it's molded me. So my expectations coming in were very much it's three weeks away from my parents, which is amazing um, because I, I was very bored over the summer. Um, I'd grown up going to day camps and stuff like that. But um, I was like, this is either going to be really fun or really not fun. Because previous camps I went to, like the counselors sometimes maybe would ignore you or they wouldn't give you the same amount of attention. Um, and just I always had to sit out from stuff because people were worried about me having diabetes, which is kind of the opposite of the point of going to camp. Um, to me, because I thought that it was about uh, kind of getting away. 
Um, and then when I went to camp, uh, I think the experience was a lot of doing life together. Um, so I think that when you talk to a lot of amazing people, they're used to, or like really successful people, they're kind of used to talking about all the things they're good at. But at camp, I felt like a lot of the strong people were people that were talking about things they weren't good at. And sometimes that would be managing diabetes. Sometimes that would be like making friends outside of camp, or sometimes that would be trying new things. Um, and so that was, I think, a really humbling experience. I think you get to talk to different people from different parts of life. Not everyone gets the privilege of having the latest diabetic technology. Um, not, everyone, not everyone gets the privilege of even having a support system at home. Um, having someone following up and asking even, you know, what you're going through and how you're feeling. Um, and then I think how one of the biggest takeaways from camp was that it was a proximity to freedom. So it was this idea that you can kind of be whoever you want to be, not just with diabetes, but, you know, what are your interests? Diabetes is just one of those things that defines you. Um, and I think the opportunity there is, um, you know, what else do you want to define you? Um, mm -hmm. And how can that, uh, and you have that choice to choose. And I think that as a kid, you don't really get that choice much. Uh, sometimes you don't even know that there's a world outside of high school. You hear about it, you don't really get experience it firsthand. And so um, defining what your own success, success state looks like, if that means winning the Sweeney Olympics, or if that means getting an A1C down, or if that means befriending a counselor or another camper, I think that that would change every year for me. And so that was my takeaway from it, was that proximity to freedom. So let's talk about your life today just a little bit. You know, you, you live in New York City, long way from Houston, Texas. Just tell us about your work and, and sort of where you're headed in the future there. Great question. Yeah, so uh, I always have my heart in Texas. I find an excuse to come back to Texas. I think last year I came 12 times back. So Texas is a big deal. There is no place like home. Um, and I actually lived in London for a year and that um, that was nothing compared to Texas. Uh, as amazing as it was. Um, New York City is really fun because, well, so New York in general is very fast paced. News and the news industry in general is very fast paced. And then digital, the digital team at Fox, which is the team that I'm on, is very fast paced. So you have people here that are, I would say we've averaged 14 meetings a day. I'm not exaggerating. So wow. um, the news is always breaking. There's always someone you could help. There's always someone taking a spin or we have to check on things or um, my role is uh, as a strategy and operations manager, and so it's a little bit different in that I'm not writing the articles myself, I'm not reporting or editing, but I help the managing editors who oversee the stories being produced um, at the, in the capacity that involves basically building their team and hiring their team. Um, and right now, um, some of the projects that I'm allowed to talk about um, kind of revolve around, uh, you know, going into new social media um, and then kind of the cookie apocalypse, which is basically our ability to track where our users are going and learn, learning a lot about them. So that's kind of a very specific, maybe also weirdly vague explanation. At the very high level, I report to two people. One is our head of strategy at Fox. Um, his name is David Trulio. And then the second is our editor-in-chief who oversees everything on digital. So that's everything from the websites, online, the apps, um, pretty much everything you think of digital. And he... So every story you see on there actually has to go through him as approval. But um, they're much cooler than me, so it's more fun talking about them. Mm -hmm. But I have a lot of fun getting to be there um, and answering any fires they might have. What I, what, I don't, what I don't understand is how did you go from uh, Camp Sweeney and living in Houston and 
So you went to UT. What did you major in? And then how did you end up in New York City? Yeah, that is, it's, wow. I guess it has been a decent amount of time and a long journey. So I guess maybe the more professional answer, uh, kind of just looking at the literal trail was, uh, I what I did debate in high school and growing up. Um, and um, within that network, uh, one of the debaters that I used to be like debate rivals with um, knew Carl Rowe. Um, and Carl Rove at the time, who's the former White House Deputy Chief of Staff, for people who don't know that, um, someone made the joke the other day that he is so 2012. And so <laughs> some people may not know who he is. Um, but he uh, he was in Austin and he used to be a debater. And so I went through five rounds of interviews to be his aide during the 2016 election. In the final round of the interview, um, he asked me, I remember I was eating, I ordered fish and he asked me if I was pescatarian or something lame like that. And I said, no, I'm pesca pescatarian. I only eat fish that eat other fish. And he said that that was the reason he hired me was because I was funny, not because, <laughs> I mean, he, this said the filter was to make sure you're not completely going to be bad at your job, but it wasn't necessarily to be a qualifying differentiator in your skills because you're usually mm -hmm. very young when you're an aide. Um, but that was really important to me because I think that um, I'd always thought that I would enjoy the world of politics um and uh but if i didn't i didn't think i would pursue it as a career and i think that any per young person in their career they have like that key pivotal moment um that tells them they can do something great and that they should try to take a bunch of risks um and fail and learn very quickly and um so then i went actually into consulting hated it and my with my former professor we co-founded an executive search startup that actually tailored to people that had um, values um, aligned kind of around some of the political work that I'd been doing. Um, and there's a lot behind that. Um, we focused a lot on Christians. Um, you know, we also had conservatives um, in different areas of faith, but uh, it was really interesting to get to talk about the things that I think people feel awkward talking about in interviews. And so from there, um, I ended up working um, in a few different projects, uh, one of them was finding, um, basically updating an outdated recruiting ecosystem. Um, so I went to school after we sold our startup thinking I could kind of scale it. And I realized I hated uh, pursuing a PhD. I dropped out after my first year. And that's when I met um, David Trulio, uh, who is our head of strategy at Fox. And he told me to come over and he said, I think you can to test some of your theories and see if you can scale them here. So that's what I'm doing. All right. Well, we've heard about most of your professional life right now, but um, apparently you woke up one morning and said, I want to start a summer camp. And uh, Bob and I would like to hear more about that right after this. Camp Sweeney is more than just a camp. It's a place where young people with diabetes can develop the skills they need to live long and healthy lives. Our campers participate in a program that offers them a wide variety of activities, including archery, swimming, challenge course, hiking, and canoeing. While participating in these activities, our campers build self-confidence, develop new skills, and meet people their own age who also have diabetes. And let's not forget, a session at Camp Sweeney is a lot of fun. If you'd like to change the life of a child by sponsoring him or her to attend our camp, please contact Southwestern Diabetic Foundation at 940-665-2011 or log on to 
www.campsweeney.org. We're a nonprofit organization. Camp Sweeney is where friendship begins and never ends. And now, back to the Sweeney Connection, a presentation of Camp Sweeney and KPFC-FM, and your host, Chad Henderson. Right, we're back on the Sweeney Connection with uh, Bethany Harper, and uh, we've learned about uh, what she's doing now up in New York and at Fox News and in the political arena, and uh, also uh, just woke up one day and wanted to start a summer camp. I mean, that's that's just uh, that's an awesome awesome thing and just sort of tell us uh, the the genesis of, of that thought yeah so i am completely um unashamedly use camp sweeney as an as the the starting idea of this camp and so um when i lived in london one of the things i wanted to pursue was vocational schools how do we make vocational schools um something accessible for people in the u.s and something that's not treated as a second class and what ended up happening was i learned about a bunch of different education models and i remember thinking to myself i really believe i feel like i've learned the most probably through camp sweeney um or had the confidence to pursue things like that than i have um in high school by far and so then i thought well how can i test learning and trying new different types of models um, through something like a summer camp. And I called Bob and I was like, hey, Bob, I know this is kind of ridiculous, but how do people start a camp? I Googled a few things um, and I'd heard of like different retreat centers, but just none of them were even comparable. And I remember I spent two hours on the phone and he was like, well, this is what you're going to need. These are, you're going to have to create a budget all the way down to that. Um, and it ended up being how many people can I get to volunteer in a camp like this? And what is the common theme? And the common theme was actually self-reliance. Um, so freedom was obviously a part of it, but uh, how can you be responsible um, for an, your own destiny? Um, and if you could, def- as a camper, define your own camp and learn about basic principles that maybe is, aren't necessarily taught in school, um, what would those things be? Um, and so I'll kind of pause there, but basically that was the inspiration. It was like, how can we use this as a medium for learning? Um, what's 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 the na- the name of the camp? Does it have one? We actually we haven't determined the name of the camp yet. Actually, which is really funny. We've done a whole session, but we haven't determined the name of the camp. Um, but we just got funded to do it again, and then I think I'm probably going to soon eventually try to do, like, make it a model that would be self sustaining on its own. Um, that is a lot lo- longer down the road right now. <laughs> We're seeing where we can cut costs and how many more kids we can let in this time since a lot of them will be returning, it sounds like. Well, I, I saw a photo that you sent, Bob, and uh, it looked like you guys sort of had a meditation mountain. And I just wondered, was that an inspiration from camp? And then do you have any, like, you know, slogans like perseverance, faith, and courage? Or, you know, what, what have you taken from your experience at Camp Sweeney that you're sort of uh, putting into your, your new camp? Oh, definitely. I think so. Uh, I I remember the counselors at Camp Sweeney. I don't think I realized how much of a vetting process there was. I just thought that maybe all older people were cool and that everyone was really nice all the time. And I just got really lucky. <laughs> and you learn very much on the other side when you're trying to recruit for counselors. That's not necessarily as easy as and flawless as they make it seem. So long story short, um, one of the pieces of inspiration was how do I find people that are actually really good at what they do that are willing to help kids? So not find people who are already counselors or just want to be counselors that we hope they're good at something. Mm -hmm. So that's like model number one. Um, If you want to run um, 
So we had someone who was, um, I think, a leader for Green Berets. He had been awarded a bunch of things, and he taught the camp. He took the campers out boar hunting, and they had like night vision goggles, um, and they carried the boar back and um, skinned it. I don't know how familiar people are with boars or how appealing this is to them, but they're actually pretty hard to kill. Um, the average uh, hit rate, I think, you have to hit them eight times before they stop. Um, wow. And so things like that um, uh, to shooting pretty big weapons that I still don't know how to shoot, but I love watching the kids with great supervision do. Um, so that was like, like finding someone. So we had a couple of SpaceX people um, do astrology and talk about that. Um, and then um, I think one of my favorite ones was we had a Stanford law professor teach the constitution. <laughs> and so they had to debate, you know, the rights of who actually won the Olympics. So we also literally copied the exact same games of the Sweeney Olympics, except it was like a low budget version. <laughs> and we didn't execute nearly as well. It was literally like, I think we tried to put them on teams and instead of like alpha beta. Um, we did like spangled stars and red rockets for like the flag. <laughs> and like they all like just start switching teams behind our backs. We didn't do it properly at all. But um there's a lot of things. I think establishing traditions and then like seeing how much each thing matters to each kid and having to take it seriously. Um, I, I think that that came from them. But in terms of responsibility, um, we we I think what I liked was in the Olympics, like you you actually definitely had to win. We didn't you know give points to someone to make the game closer. Um, when we had a rule, we said the rule we would call someone out if they didn't do it. Um, if someone was going to pitch something to me, they had to pitch it in front of everybody. Um, and we talked about the reasons competition is good. We talked about, you know, why being healthy is no joke. And so uh, more like those kinds of principles, I think. But in terms of traditions, we tried to do a little bit of the Sweeney stuff. In sure. Terms of the Olympics. So it sounds like my yeah. one of my bucket list items of killing a wild boar with my bare hands is probably not going to happen. Huh? <laughs> not with your bare hands. No. <laughs> Yeah, that's wow, cool. So. But I mean, um, so what possessed you though to to start that camp, and where do you want to go to take it now? I guess. Yeah, yeah. I possessed. Think it possessed was you. <laughs> compelled you. No, I I think that um, I think a camp. I'm I'm not sure how other people feel about it, but I think it was really really formative because you cared about the entire person. Um, you're literally, you're living away from where you're from. Um, and I think that there are very few opportunities in life where you're put in a position where someone cares entirely about you and you get to care entirely about another human being and you get with the freedom to kind of create your own world. So if you are interested in radio at Camp Sweeney, you can do radio, but at the same time, you can create your own little fun click. Um, you can create your own olympic deals um you can when you do code of living you can kind of define what those values mean to you and which values should be chosen i don't think that there's very many situations like that and i remember thinking i i don't think i would be as social or confident had it not been from a model like that um and uh so i think that that's kind of what possessed me i was like there's no way i'm gonna selfishly keep the opportunity to myself and surely there has, people are the most amazing and most difficult things in our lives. They're going to be your best memories and your worst memories. And just my best memories, I think, were from Camp Sweeney. And so I was like, um, you can all, it's almost like you can meet someone and like when you 
go uh, in adult world and you can tell they've been to camp before because they approach social situations so much differently. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's what possessed me was just um, that model of caring about the entire person. Um, I think it's, and I, then we're, um, go ahead. Well, I, was, I was just gonna say, I just think it's impressive that somebody, somebody like you, that's in, you know, you're, you're still young, you, you're starting your career and stuff and that you would want to go and do this. And it's just not something that uh, you find in many people. So it says a lot about you, I think too. Thank you. Yeah. I, it's very easy when you have a model of something that's really good um, and knowing it's possible. If someone told me, if they gave me, I'm like a camp budget and they told me you have to do all these things, you would ever start from there. So you've got to start small. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great to hear. I mean, even Ernie's story, um, you know, you have a lot of challenges and each challenge is unique, but just being there is half the job, I think, and just trying is half the job. So, yeah. Yeah. Bethany, what, where do you see yourself maybe in, in 10 years from now? Are, are, you just, are, are you taking it sort of one day at a time? or, or, or? Um, Let it be his will. Maybe I'll have a family and this could all change wildly <laughs> because I, I have no idea what I don't even know necessarily. Right, right. Families. But I think that what I want to do 10 years from now, I don't know if it would be something that's a side project or something that would be a full-time job eventually but it would definitely be working with children and probably something to do with education. I don't think it would have to do with teaching directly myself, but maybe involving people in a, in an ecosystem that they can start their own similar communities that are successful like a camp. And so um, that could look like a number of things though. That could look like, um, so we even have, we started a rotational program here at Fox where people with non-traditional backgrounds, like someone that's never been to college or someone that's never even been to high school, like how do they come in and get assimilated here? Um, All the way to, uh, we've played with uh, different models of, um, so one thing that I'm really excited about here is kind of like, because we're digital, we implemented a remote model. So we've been able to hire in 30 states so far and people that who are super excited at the opportunity. And so um, I think I think just increasing opportunity, increasing this idea of freedom and working with kids, anything to do with that, that would be really awesome. But, and moving back to uh, Texas. And moving back to Texas. There you go. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Bob, any, any final thoughts or Bethany, any final thoughts? Um, from me, I would just say, you know, she's, She's always impressed me. And when she called me that, that about a year and a half or two years ago, whatever it was, um, and we talked, I was like, gosh. And then I remembered her senior speech, mm-hmm. how much it impressed me and just the maturity level and then hearing her story and what she's doing. I was like, oh, she's really, she's really cool, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, I'm, I mean, I'm impressed. And um, the only thing is, I guess the only question I would have is, what's it like living in New York City? Hmm. So everything in New York is work, for better or worse. <laughs> like, if you want food, it's work. You have to go walk to a grocery store, get, a, like, a wheelbarrow and wheelbarrow your food in, or stay, like, late enough at work that they comp your $10 meals so you can save 10 so you don't have to pay for the transportation of your food. Um, and if you're addicted to that, I think there's a lot of opportunity here. You have to be a little bit careful about making it an idol. Um, but... It's just the energy here is very, very crazy. I think um, when I'm in Texas, there's a lot of peace and you can look at things in the long term view. In New York, sometimes it's a lot about urgent needs, but you learn to adapt in a way that you haven't ever before. 
Um, and I feel like when I'm in Texas about my important needs, you know, what are the what are the key fundamental things I want to achieve in this life and what will matter to me at the end of the day? Um, and so New York is very fun. I recommend everyone try it here, uh, at least for like an internship if you get the opportunity. If there's a Camp Sweeney person that's interested in news, um, whether that be on the channel, um, and we have every vertical. We have entertainment and lifestyle, sports. It's not just, you know, politics or U.S. world and crime and stuff like that. Um, do not hesitate to reach out to me, uh, Bethany.Harper at Fox.com, and we can see about getting you um, something here. Uh, and um, but yeah, New York is an insane experience. Um, it's kind of similar in that each borough, I don't know if anyone's ever played Kingdom Hearts, but there's these different worlds you kind of hop in. And New York, every single borough is a completely different personality, completely different situation um, with its own uh, ups and downs, I think. But that's how New York would be. It'd be very fast paced. That part's probably obvious, but lots of energy. It's very cool. Are you uh, you planning on coming to Sweeney's reunion on July 4th this year? We're having our 74th reunion. I will look into it. I don't think I've made any July 4th plans and any opportunity to come back to see the family would be a great one. Yeah, so. It's going to be big. What what session did you go to when you were here? I was third session. Okay. So, yeah, very loyal third session. I I doubled up a couple of times in second session. Um, my UNC was great then. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we have the uh, the reunion will be here uh, July 4th with the Sweeney Five playing out in front of the sack and uh, you know, it's a full day all the way up to fireworks at night. So it's going to be pretty big, like 400 extra people here. And you may be one of them. Wow. You may be one wow. of them. Yeah. If I'm lucky, yeah. And Chad's going to be there, right? I'll be, I'll be there. I'll be there on the drums. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but you're, ama- oh, you're amazing. You're amazing, though. And it's, uh, man, I'm so happy that you did this because um, I was telling Chad about you. And I was like, I, I hope I can get her, you know, to do a podcast with us. So. This is our first. Our, this is our first Zoom one too. So yeah, true. It's cool. Oh, it is. It's yeah. our first Zoom one. Oh my gosh. Well, can I? I can do a little bit of a tour with my laptop if anyone wants to see the rest of it. Yeah. Can, or not all of it, but I could do it. Okay. So, for anyone considering coming to Fox, here's my pitch. <laughs> and so if people and if people are only listening to the podcast, they can just use their imagination. There you go. Yeah. Yes, I'll describe things out loud. Um, okay. So we call this area the donut, and we call it the donut because it looks like a donut. So these are where the people um, produce and edit all of their materials here. And so whenever you see things being updated live, numbers and stuff like that, a lot of the production people are this way. That looks like, um, that looks, then, that looks like my office here at camp. Yeah, yeah. lots of screens. <laughs> oh, it does. Yeah, if you see here, this is Bob Cannon's seat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, here's the entrance to Fox News Channel. And so if we go down the hall, you'll see a lot of the hosts. Um, some you may recognize, some you may not, um, but they kind of rotate through here. Um, the studios are actually on level one. I wish if we didn't get connected, I could take you there. But there's these smaller ones that um, in the morning that we use. So here's a studio that we use uh, for Fox weather. They come here, so you can just kind of walk in and say hello. Um, and the people, everyone here kind of recognizes everyone. Um, so this is just level two, the floor I work on. But there is a lot more. And so if you want to do a tour or two, I can get um, a Sweeney alum or a current camper seats to see a few shows. So if you like Hannity, 
Um, if you like the five or gut spelled, um, let me know. Uh, unfortunately, some of our other hosts are in DC, but if you're in DC, I could probably also get you a seat there. So <laughs> we, I love Camp Sweeney. It continues to produce so many amazing things in my life. And so if there's any to connect them with other people, I'm going to sit back in here now. Okay. okay. Notice I'm having too She's much fun. She's back. Because I think they can tell I'm having I know, look at that. <laughs> You're um, back, yes. I'll be like, why is Bethany smiling so much? She needs to get back to work. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so, no. yeah, a lot going on. Yeah, that's great. Well, awesome, Bethany. Uh, thank you so much for doing this podcast with us. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you guys for having me. Take care of yourself. Hi, you too. Thanks. Bye, guys. Bye. All right. Thank you, Bethany. Well, for Joe Langwell, uh, technically producing and uh, co-host Bob Cannon, I'm Chad Henderson and Camp Sweeney. You stay connected. The preceding program has been a presentation of Camp Sweeney and KPFC-FM. No portion of this broadcast may be reproduced or distributed without the express written permission of Camp Sweeney. This is your announcer, Everett Caldwell, wishing you a good night from Camp Sweeney. You're listening to KPFC-FM 91.9, serving Kalisburg, Gainesville, and the entire Sweeneyland area.